being prepared. I believe that God works in a special way through those of us who are prepared and expecting him. God uses, uses all sorts of people. God, can God use us when we're really um, screwing up and making a mess of things? Yeah, he can because he's God and we're not. He can. But I believe what, uh, what Luke is showing us here in, in chapter 1 is God works in a particular way with those who are, are walking with him are connected with him, are hungry for him, who are thirsting for him, who are really dedicated to giving their life and trusting him. And there's a difference, and I believe it shows very clearly just exactly how God can use people like this. So Luke chapter 1, Christmas is just around the corner, isn't it, guys? That's the newsflash. So opening up from the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 1, verse 1, Luke writes, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Luke was a doctor. He was also a a historian, passionate about getting details right. Uh, There's a scholar named John McRae, and he stated this about the historical accuracy of Luke's gospel. This is amazing. He says, Given the large portion of the New Testament written by him, it's extremely significant that Luke has been established to be a scrupulously accurate historian even in the smallest details. One prominent archaeologist carefully examined Luke's references to 32 countries, 54 cities and nine islands, finding not a single mistake. That's the accuracy that Luke has as you read his gospel. Remember that as we're reading Luke's gospel. Moving on to verse 5. The birth of John the Baptist foretold. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God. Observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. So Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in the sight of God. God is watching. Another newsflash. God is watching and he is interested in who we are and what we do when no one else is watching. I'm really excited about sharing this little story because we have some some crew here from Inglewood Community Church who know the people in the story that I'm about to tell. Now, before Inglewood Community Church uh, became that church, it was known as Bedford Baptist Church 
one half of it, and the other half was Inglewood Church of Christ. It actually merged to become Inglewood Community Church. Back in the Bedford Baptist Church days, uh, that's when I started on the pastoral team there. And uh, there was a, a couple there who are still there, I'm glad to say, uh, Ernie and Bev Lyon. Ernie and Bev Lyon. Um, just a fantastic couple, wonderful people. Uh, they were such a huge encouragement to me. Now, one Sunday Arvo down at Bedford Baptist Church, we, we had, just like here at KBC, morning service. Uh, one Sunday Arvo, I had to go down to the um, down to Bedford, down to the church building. Um, I, I left my guitar there or something, you know, not unusual. For some reason, I had to be there. But the point I'm making there, I was at a time when anyone would have expected that no one would be around. You get it? You know, if anyone had been sort of observing my movements, they would usually know that, I, you know, Sunday Arvo, I'd be off somewhere else. Didn't make a habit of being at the church in the afternoon. Anyway, one so this Sunday afternoon I was down there at the church and then a car pulls up. And now I can't remember where I was parked, but it's possible that, and I'm sure they didn't see where I was parked. So they thought they were the only people there. But I was there. And I saw Ernie and Bev pull up in the car and they went and opened the boot and it was full of toilet paper, toilet rolls. And you know what Ernie and Bev did? They got the rolls and they went and replaced all the all the toilet rolls they and then they did other other assorted stuff um, cleaning and stuff that you know most of us let's face it wouldn't wouldn't um, think of doing and a big part of me wanted to go up and say hi okay guys you know what I I just watched in amazement and then I was just about to say good day and they got in the car and took off what does that tell you about Ernie and Bev? It told me more than, than all the, the things that I'd, I'd seen Ernie and Bev do you know, when, when people were around. God is interested in who you are when no one else is looking, when no one else is watching. A definition of integrity, it's not from dictionary.com. This is my definition if you like. My definition of integrity is what are you when God's looking? At least that's the test of integrity. Not when everyone's looking, when no one's looking. What are you? Who are you? Verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by Lot according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. This was clearly a divine appointment for Zechariah. According to David Guzik, a Bible scholar, the honour of burning incense at the golden altar was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It probably appeared to most people that Zechariah had been really lucky and won some kind of religious lottery. 
but he had been handpicked by Almighty God who had seen the faithful way this humble man had lived. Despite the hurt that Elizabeth and Zechariah felt in a culture where to be married and childless was considered shameful, they still faithfully served the Lord. And the Lord saw their service. So there's Zechariah, this once in a lifetime. It's his turn to burn the incense at the golden altar in the temple. So he he enters the temple and begins to go about what he's doing. And as he's doing it, he prays. Now, Zechariah was a, a faithful man. Uh, he and his wife were, were, were advanced in years. They had dreams of being parents uh, earlier in their lives and no doubt had prayed about that. I'm sure that by this stage, Zechariah had, had kind of let that prayer go and thought, well, it's not going to happen. I've reached that age. It's not going to happen. I imagine Zechariah being the, the godly man he was, was praying for his people, praying that the Messiah would come. That was the hope that they had. He was prepared, prepared for the Messiah to come. In verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. Have you noticed how many times when angels appear to humans, the angels see the need to assure the people that they don't need to be afraid? Have you noticed that? This phrase gives us an important clue about the imposing appearance and tremendous power of angels. Okay, you've heard me say this before. When you see the word angels in the Bible, don't think those little curly-haired, little cute babies with the bare bottoms, you know, firing arrows. Please. No. Eugene, could you please stand up for me? Think think this, okay? Okay? <laughs> Eugene, can you just humour me? I want to hear do not be a... No, I want to hear fear not. Fear not. That's so reassuring, isn't it? Thank you. Thank you, Eugene. Zechariah hears those words, fear not. But then he hears the wonderful words, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. But hang on. I was thinking, and as I said, it's just, just my thoughts, I'm pretty sure he and Elizabeth would have given up on that prayer perhaps decades earlier. But what does the angel say? Your prayer has been heard. Yes, I reckon it was that prayer decades earlier. It was answered in God's time. In God's time. And, yet, and I believe there's, there's many prayers here that have been given up on. But God heard that prayer. He hasn't forgotten that prayer. And he will answer it. As they had both reached old age, it is very likely that he and Elizabeth had long since given up on their dream of parenthood. 
And yet it is this very dream that had been well and truly dead and buried for many years that God was bringing back to life. Verse 14, he will be a joy and delight to you, the angel continued, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other for men to drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Remember that, filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. God was preparing his people. Zechariah and Elizabeth were already prepared for the Lord. They were ready even at this late season in their lives. So God used them as his instruments. It seemed an impossibility, but they were going to be parents of a child who God had an exceptional call on his life. Verse 17, the Greek word that Luke uses. Describes John the Baptist as katoskewism meaning of one who makes anything ready for a person or thing. He said that's what this ministry of this child would be, of John the Baptist. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. So he was a man of faith and they had prayed, but he was also a realist. I've got no, no issue with that. We need to be realists. We need to believe in miracles. We need to believe in miracles while we acknowledge what the actual reality is. But the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So yes, we need to be realists. We need to acknowledge what's happening. But when God challenges us to walk by faith, he challenges us to believe his promise. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realised he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But listen to this. Verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. 
you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Just like Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary was already prepared for the Lord. She was ready, even at this early stage in her life. So God used her as his instrument. Verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And Mary visited Elizabeth. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she acclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. Remember the angel promised to Zechariah that this child would be filled with the Holy Spirit before he was born. What happened when Mary just greeted Elizabeth? Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and the baby inside leapt for joy. Why do I try and play guitar and clap hands at the same time even though I've got two hands and not four? Because I can't help the joy that's in me. If, if, if I'm able to, if I can find a way of playing guitar and clapping hands and stomping feet at the same time, I will, but I can't but I try anyway. This baby sensed the presence of God. This womb was filled with the Holy Spirit and the baby leapt for joy. Guys, I'm just going to invite the team back and as the team get prepared. I've been inspired as I study this passage by the way Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary, so two people in the late stages of their life, and one very young person. They, they are just about 100% sure that Mary was a, a teenager and a young teenager at that. But she was ready. God chose her to, to uh, be the, the mother of Jesus, mother of this child the, the, who was the Messiah, who is the Messiah. So I've written a little prayer called the Preparer's Prayer. And if you've been challenged by the way Elizabeth and Zechariah and Mary were prepared for the Lord, were ready, ready to be used by him, then 
I invite you to stand with me and pray the preparer's prayer. Can God use anyone, no matter how messed up our lives are? Yes. But what, we, what have we seen today? Look at how God uses people who are prepared for the Lord, who are hungry for him, who are available and ready to be used by him. The fact that you're here and not at St. Barbara's uh, festival means there's, there's a willingness and a hunger for God. And I hope you're encouraged by the, the testimony of Zechariah, Elizabeth and Mary. I invite you to pray the prayer with me, the preparer's prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, please keep me filled with the Holy Spirit so that I can leap for joy in your presence. Help my life and the way I live it. Point to you as the only hope for the world. Use me to prepare others who don't yet know you to meet with you and follow you. In your holy and wonderful name, I pray. Amen. Just like Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary was already prepared. Listen to the song that sprang from deep within her heart when Elizabeth declared her blessing over Mary. It could never have emerged from this exceptional young woman unless she was seeking to please God, to serve him, seeking to know him, seeking to live for him, even when no one else is looking. Glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering them to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Thank you for tuning in to our latest message. Please visit our SoundCloud profile at KBC Media for more podcasts. We would love to invite you to Kalgoorlie Baptist Church to attend our 10 a.m. services on Sunday mornings. Kalgoorlie Baptist Church, where our vision is faith found in Jesus, hope for the future, and love for our community.